If you try to count and enumerate the favors of Allah Ta'ala, you will never be able to do so. But among all these bounties and all these favors, the greatest favor of Allah Ta'ala upon us is the ni'mat of Islam, the ni'mat of deen. And this is what Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif, that on Hajjatul Wada, Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat, that today I have completed, perfected your deen for you. And I have completed my favor upon you. This is the favor Allah Ta'ala has given us, and Allah Ta'ala Himself is saying, I have completed this favor upon you. And this is that favor which is beyond all favors. The favor and the ni'mat and bounty of Islam. And of this deen and iman. <coughs> but having received this ni'mat and having received this bounty, what is required is to now appreciate it. The appreciation of this bounty is what? That a person now takes it entirely. And in the Quran Sharif, in another place, Allah Ta'ala commands us with the same thing. O you who believe, enter into Islam fully. Entering fully, this is in two aspects. One is entering into the entire deen. Every aspect and every part of Islam to take it on. It's not like something that a person has the choice to pick and choose. Okay, somebody says I'll perform my salah, but when it comes to my business, I'll do what I want. I will conduct my business in the way that I desire. If somebody says I'm very, very honest and very upright in my business, but if I want to wake up for fajr, then it's up to me. If I don't want to wake up, then it's up to me also. No, every aspect of deen that Allah Ta'ala has made compulsory upon us, then a person takes on to it completely. Whether it is his ibadat, whether it is his mu'amalat and monetary dealings, whether it is his mu'asharat social life, whether it pertains to his akhlaq, after having come into iman, 
then he takes everything. So this is the one aspect of taking everything, not taking some things and leaving some things. And then the second thing is that a person has taken everything, but for him to enter into it totally also. He says, okay, I will do everything. But he's got one leg in everything and one leg outside everything. So that too is not good enough. Allah wants that we enter into Islam fully by taking everything and bringing ourselves entirely to everything also. If it comes to the aspect of ibadat, then a person who is performing his five times salah jama'ah for bales regularly, then he is now and then again fulfilling that salah in the way that it is supposed to be fulfilled, then he has now fulfilled this one part of deen. Then together with the salah is his zakat, his fasting in the month of Ramadan, if hajj is due upon him, then he's performing his hajj. So all these aspects are coming in his life. Otherwise, if this is not the case, then he has not entered into Islam fully. This command of Allah Ta'ala is not being fulfilled. And this ni'mat and bounty that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, that is not being truly appreciated. Whereas what was the emphasis Nabi Islam placed on this? In Haddatul Wada, Allah's Nabi Islam comes and he holds onto the door of the Kaaba Sharif, the handle of the door. And he faces the people while holding onto the handle of the door of the Kaaba Sharif. Can you imagine the place? And imagine the sanctity of the place, the personality, and the time. And all these things put together. And Nabi Islam is addressing the Ummah. He is talking to those in front of him, but addressing the entire Ummah. And we are addressed also in this. And then Nabi Islam says to them, that I wish to inform you about the signs of Qiyamah. And then mentioning the signs of Qiyamah, Nabi Islam commences, first he asks the Sahaba, Ya Yohannas, and then they responded, he said, I want to tell you about the signs of Qiyamah. And commencing with the signs of Qiyamah, the lengthy Hadith Sharif, at the top of the list, the first thing Nabi Islam says, that among the signs of Qiyamah, is Ida'atu salawat wa ittiba'u shahawat. Among the signs of Qiyamah is the discarding of salah. This is the top of the list. The lengthy hadith about more than a dozen aspects mentioned. The top of the list, the discarding of salah. Discarding of salah is not that a person doesn't perform one salah for the whole week. Performing some, missing some, performing it, but performing it haphazardly. All this in different degrees is included in this. And while saying this, the narrator says, Nabi Islam first started weeping. And then he started sobbing. And while sobbing, he said, that this is a sign that Qiyamah is approaching, that people will discard Salah, and they will follow their desires. Whatever comes in the heart, whatever a person desires, the last thing he is concerned about is, is it right or wrong? But the desire has come, he must do it. If it's right, well and good, and if it's not right, then to Nawazubillah, well and good. This Nabi Islam says the sign of Qiyamah. And he was so hurt about this that my Ummah, those who will take my name, those who will claim to follow me, those for whom I am crying today, 
But the time will come when they will discard salah and they will go with their desires. So, this entering into Islam fully requires that a person brings this part of his deen in his life as well. That his salah is in place, his zakat is being discharged, if hajj is due upon him, then he's performed his hajj, and the month of Ramadan comes, he's fasting. But when he's doing all this ibadat and he's completing it, Alhamdulillah, that is an ex- exceptionally great thing. But it's still one aspect of deen. It's one branch of deen, a branch of ibadat. Together with that, there are other branches of deen also. So a person who has done his ibadat perfectly, but has shirked in the other branches of deen, salvation is very difficult. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu once asked the Sahaba, do you know who is a bankrupt person? So they replied and said, a bankrupt person is somebody who has no wealth. Nabi Sallallahu said, I'm not talking about that person. That's a small bankrupt person. Very temporary bankruptcy. Sometimes he's bankrupt today and tomorrow it works out again. And he's back on the road. I'm talking about that bankruptcy which cannot be then recovered from. So the Sahaba said, Allah is Nabi Sallallahu know best. Nabi Sallallahu then said that verily the bankrupt person of my ummah is my yati yawm al-qiyamah bi salatin wa siyamin wa zakatin the person who will come on the day of Qiyamah from my Ummah with a lot of Salah to his credit, a lot of charity to his credit, and a lot of other good deeds. Exceptionally great amount of good deeds is done. Hajj upon Hajj, and Umrah upon Umrah, and many other good deeds is done. But, وَيَأْتِي قَدْ شَتَمَ هَذَا وَقَذَفَ هَذَا وَأَكَلَ مَالَ هَذَا وَسَّفَكَ دَمَ هَذَا وَطَرَبَ هَذَا it is also come at the same time having shirk in terms of his responsibilities and duties in the line of mu'amalat and mu'asharat. That he has usurped somebody's wealth, killed somebody, hurt somebody, sworn at somebody, slandered somebody. So all these people come on the day of Qiyamah to now come and claim what they were wronged in the dunya. But on that day, there's no rand, cents, dollars and pounds. On that day, the currency is amal. So all his good deeds now get dished out. This person, what happened to you? He swore at me. Well, okay, you take so much. Allah knows best how much. You what happened? He took my wealth away wrongfully. So for one dirham, the equivalent of a few rands, 700 accepted salah you take it away. Equivalent of a few rands, 700 accepted salah we take it away. How many of our salah we can really think that we performed in such a way that it has really received acceptance? What happened to you? They slandered me. You take away so much. As a result, now everything got exhausted. They came with mountains of good deeds. They got dished out to others. So now the line is still there, but people are still claiming. What happened to you? This is what he did to me. Okay, you give him so much of your sins. He's got nothing to give you now, now you lower, reduce your load, put it onto him. And as a result, finally people's sins are loaded onto him. And Nabi Islam says that, that then he comes with all these good deeds, but he ends up in Jahannam. So, completing the ibadah is essential. A person cannot pass without this. But together with that is mu'amalat also, to be correct in one's monetary dealings. 
how does one conduct his business? Is everything above board? Is it halal? The ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu innama al-khamru wal-maysiru wal-ansabu wal-azlamu ridsum min amal shaitan Fajtanibu Initially, all the afkam and the laws of deen came gradually. Everything didn't come the first day. So initially, alcohol and intoxicants were not immediately outlawed. Gradually as the other commands of deen came, this command came as well. That all this is completely forbidden. It is rich sum min amali shaitan. All these intoxicants are filth. Complete filth. And it is from the handiwork of shaitan. That shaitan by means of these intoxicants wishes to destroy a person. Destroy him, destroy his respect, destroy his family, destroy his life and dunya, destroy his akhirat. So this is shaitan's means of trying to get this destruction onto a person. So Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayah that all this is now completely forbidden. One sahabi before this command came had taken his entire life's earnings. His entire life's earnings, all his capital, everything had cashed up. And all his capital had taken it and gone over to Sham, to Syria. And he bought a whole consignment of alcohol and brought it and he was coming back to Madinah Munawwara and I was bringing imported goods so he will sell at a good price now his whole life's earnings I need and as he's returning on the outskirts of Madinah Munawwara somebody meets him says do you know what ayat has been revealed you come in with this entire thing do you know what ayat has been revealed he says what ayat has been revealed see this ayat of the Quran Sharif came Allah has completely forbidden this so he stops right there he leaves it where he is. And then he comes himself to Madinah Munawwara inside. And he comes straight to meet Rasulullah And he comes and presents himself. And then he says that I went to Sham in this manner with my entire life's earnings. And I bought this consignment and came. And now on the outskirts somebody meets me and tells me that this is the ayat that has been revealed. So what is your command? So the beast asks him, the command of Allah is clear. This is all forbidden. Can't do anything completely forbidden. He said, Bas. He wakes up from there, goes back to where his entire life's earnings are. Though the form now is different, but that's his entire life's earnings. And he destroys it on the spot. Because he could see the success of Allah Ta'ala in destroying that life's earnings which is currently in a haram form. And he could see his success in obeying the command of Allah. Now this is part of this deen that Allah has given us. That this mamulat, this dealing, this business, whatever transactions between people, that debt that we have taken from somebody, whatever amanats we may have, all these things are discharged in the way that Allah requires of us. This is part of this perfect deen that Allah has given us. So a person is fulfilling his ibadat correctly, he should be also fulfilling his mu'amalat correctly. He's dealing properly with people. He hasn't taken anybody's thing wrongfully. He hasn't taken anybody's rights. He's discharged everybody's duty, the duty to everybody. So together with the ibadat is mu'amalat. And then together with the mu'amalat is the mu'asharat. A person's social life. How does he live as a person in society? 
how does he live as a person in his family? As a father, as a husband, as a son, as a person, as one of, a, the, one of the people of the extended family. There are duties upon him. How to maintain those family ties is all part of Masharat. And this is something in the Qur'an Sharif. The Qur'an Sharif is a very concise book of principles. And the explanation of all these principles in the Hadith Sharif of Rasulullah You'll find hundreds of times in the Qur'an Sharif, Aqeemus Salah wa Atus Zakah. But the details of that Salah, which rakat, what must be recited, and how many rakats in certain Salah, and all the other details are all in the Hadith Sharif. But when it comes to the aspects of Muasharat, social life, you'll find fine details in the Qur'an Allah is talking about the, relative, the neighbor who is a relative, he's got double right. In the Qur'an Sharif, Allah is giving this fine detail. One is this meaning, the neighbor who is a relative, one is the immediate neighbor, one is a little distant neighbor, could be distant in relationship. This distinction the Quran is making, be careful of all their rights. Or sahibi jam, that you're traveling, there's somebody sitting next to you, your companion, he has rights. Wabun is sabil, the traveler also has rights. It's all part of Masharat. Quran Sharif goes into many, many details of Masharat. What are the rights of parents? The Quran Sharif goes into details. Allah Ta'ala commands you, Allah Ta'ala commands that you worship none but Him in the same ayat immediately thereafter and that you be kind to your parents. Treat them with kindness. Masharat, social life. All these details in the Quran Sharif. So just as we have to have our imaniyat, our aqaid in order, we have to have our ibadat in order, we have to have our muamalat in order, we have to have our muasharat in order as well. And how to deal as a person in all the various different dimensions of life, as a husband, how does he deal with his wife? Allah deals with this in the Quran Sharif. Can you imagine this concise book of principles? Allah is saying, That treat them kindly in the world. Treat your wives kindly. If you dislike them, but there's something that you dislike, they might be good in what you dislike also. Allah Ta'ala might put good in that for you. Quran Sharif is going to all this detail. So the Mu'asharat has to be in place as well. And together with the Mu'asharat is the aspect of Akhlaq. That the Akhlaq has also to be in place. And this is that branch of Deen which generally is not even understood to be part of Deen person doesn't perform his salah, he also feels guilty. Well, I didn't perform my salah. Person, it's a month of Ramadan and if he is not fasting and if he's in an environment where others are fasting, then he will hide that fact that he's not fasting. He feels some guilt. Illa mashallah, a person is in such a state that that too doesn't concern him, Allah forbid. Otherwise, generally, person didn't perform his salah, he feels that it's some wrong. If he's not discharging his zakat in his heart, he knows, I'm doing a wrong. <laughs> And if he is trampling the rights of people sometimes in terms of his parents or whatever, he knows that I'm doing something wrong. But when it comes to akhlaq, many a times a person doesn't even 
realize that there is this branch of deen and such an important branch of deen that in the hadith Nabi Islam says that the mu'min with the most perfect iman can we imagine we're talking about the perfection of iman there could be so many things that could have been said regarding this innumerable things great great amal but the Islam is saying the one who wants to perfect his iman akmalul mu'minina imanan ahsanuhum khuluqa he is the one who has the best akhlaq the best character and in the same hadith, Nabi Sallallahu then says, وَخِيَارُكُمْ خِيَارُكُمْ لِنِسَابِهِمْ And the best among you is the one who is best to his wife. <laughs> Obviously within the limits of Sharia. Within the boundaries that Allah Ta'ala has made, not outside those boundaries. Within the boundaries Allah Ta'ala has placed, that person is the best who is best to his wife. Now this is akhlaq. And this akhlaq extends throughout every aspect of life. The summary of this akhlaq in one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu gives the summary of this akhlaq. What is akhlaq? The essence of akhlaq? That to deal with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. The makhluk of Allah Ta'ala is everybody. To deal with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala, the creation of Allah Ta'ala in such a way, to deal with the makhluk in such a way that the khaliq becomes happy. To deal with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala in such a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes happy. That is the essence of akhlaq. Now, people are of different types, everybody is not the same, somebody is one way and somebody is a different way. But with everybody to deal in such a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes happy. And this, Nabi Wasallam summarizes in one hadith. That, Silman Qata'ak, join ties with the one who cuts off ties from you. This is a summary of akhlaq. To understand this akhlaq from one more hadith before coming to this what we are discussing, in one hadith Nabi Islam says, Ma min shay'in athqalu fi mizan al-abdil mu'mini yawm al-qiyama min khuluqin hasan. That there is nothing weightier on the scales of good deeds on the day of qiyamah. Nothing. Nothing weightier than on the scales of good deeds on the day of qiyamah. Min khuluqin hasan then good akhlaq obviously the faraiz there is no question about anything being beyond the faraiz after that there is nothing weightier on the scales of good deeds than good akhlaq and the same way in the Nisaas will give us the other side of it that if this is how weighty good akhlaq is on the scales of good deeds and imagine the opposite how weighty on the scale of ill deeds and bad deeds would be bad akhlaq so therefore in the same line Nabi Islam says Allah Ta'ala detests can you imagine Allah Ta'ala detests a person who is <coughs> vulgar and obscene vulgarity Allah forbid has become like a fashion. The person every has a word is a flowery word. And in some circles, if that's not the language a person speaks, then he doesn't fit in. 
And here in the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu says, Allah Ta'ala detests this. Allah Ta'ala detests a vulgar and an obscene person. So now this akhlaq also has to come in. And this akhlaq, the summary of this akhlaq, Nabi Sallallahu gives in this hadith, Sil man The joint ties with the one who severs ties from you. Somebody is bent on cutting relations, you join relations with him. But this is far more difficult than reading Tahajjud the whole night. It's far more difficult than fasting nafil fast the whole year. It might sound like an exaggeration, but it is a reality. And that is why this akhlaq has such great reward. That a person when there is an issue, let alone joining ties with somebody, it becomes difficult to even make salam to the person. You see the person coming in the opposite direction, then he suddenly realizes he forgot something, so he has to take a U-turn. <laughs> but that U-turn is not to for- because he forgot something, because he realized he can't even make salam. So he takes a U-turn to avoid crossing the path so that he doesn't make salam to the person. <laughs> this is this akhlaq that has to come in. Nabi Islam is saying, Silman qata'ak, wa'fu amman zalamak. Forgive the one who has oppressed you. Wa ahsin ilaman asa'a ilayk. Subhanallah. Can we imagine the akhlaq Nabi Islam is teaching us? And this is what he loved. In Urdu, the poet says, Jisne kante dala usko phool diya. That those who threw thorns in the path of Nabi Islam, he gave them flowers also. And this is the crux of this last part of this hadith, wa ahsin ilaman asa'a that the one who has treated you badly, you return his bad treatment with good treatment. You give him flowers in place of the thorns he gave you. This is a summary of akhlaq. And this is what gives that great reward that it is the weightiest thing on the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds. But now this is the deen, every facet of deen. Allah is giving us the command that this is the ni'mat I have blessed you with. And this is that entire ni'mat which you must take wholeheartedly. Every part of you must be in deen. And every part of deen must be in you. Every part of you in deen, your heart in deen also. You've got iman in the heart. You've got akhlaq in the heart. Your eyes are in deen also. Say to the believing men to lower their gazes. And to guard their gazes from any haram. That is also to be in deen. The tongue also to be in deen. It's not, not backbiting anybody. No vulgarity. Not causing taklif to anybody with the tongue. The hands and feet and every limb entirely into deen. And every part of deen into us. So this is udkhulu And this is the effort that is required. Unfortunately, we become very relaxed sometimes. That because I perform four salah a day, alhamdulillah, I am a, if not A grade Muslim, at least I am B grade. And B grade also, B pass also a good pass. It doesn't work like that in the court of Allah. The court of Allah Ta'ala, a person has to be a complete Muslim. And enter into Islam fully. Whether it is ibadat, mu'amalat, mu'asharat, akhlaq, whether it is the eye or the tongue or the ear or the heart, everything is entirely in deen. That requires a constant effort. It is not something that an effort is made once in a lifetime and done forever. It is a lifelong effort to remain in deen and to keep deen within us. And this lifelong effort, this is something that حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ 
The Quran Sharif Allah that keep worshipping your Rabb and making an effort on this ibadat and bringing this entire deen in you hatta yaqtiyakal yaqeen until that last breath, until that death comes. So this requires a constant effort to start off with the ibadat, how correct is our ibadat? Then our akhlaq, our mu'amlaat, mu'asharat, what concern of deen we have in our hearts, the concern for our own deen, the concern for progressing in deen, the concern for the deen of our families, then the deen of our neighbors, our relatives, our friends, our community, and the concern for the entire ummah. This is all part of this deen that Allah has given us. And to bring this alive, to bring us completely into deen, to bring the entire deen into us, and to bring this concern of deen into us, for ourselves, for our neighbors, for our families, for the entire ummah. For this is the, all the efforts of deen. All the efforts of deen are for the one and same purpose. But how this entire deen can come into us, we can come into this entire deen, how we can purify ourselves from all the evils, all the things that take us away from Allah Taala, and how we can make the same concern for everybody else also. So for this, Alhamdulillah, all the efforts of deen that take place, mashallah, in a few weeks time on the 25th, 26th, 27th of this month, will be the istima and standard, mashallah. So this is something that is an opportunity for us to become part of. Not just to be part of in terms of the arrangements and in terms of making all the intizam and the facilities in place, putting the facilities in place, but to become part of the soul of this effort. This is the machinery, the body. Putting all the facilities in place is the body. The body is also required because if the body is not there, the soul is difficult to put anywhere. But to become part of the soul of it. And the soul of it is that how this entire deen comes into us, we come into this entire deen, and the entire ummah we have the same figure for as well. So inshallah we should avail ourselves entirely, mashallah standard being the host, every person will be part of it inshallah. But not just restricting and confining ourselves to being part of the arrangements, that will happen obviously, over and above that and together with that, to become part of the effort of deen, to become part of that soul which brings the soul of deen into us. And we become concerned that from head to toe, I have Islam in me. And the entire Islam is in me. And the same concern for everybody else as well. May Allah give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana.